0: This week on Hope for the Broken. You feel like your life is meaningless? There's no hope in it? Let me remind you this morning, church family, that He is faithful to establish you with purpose. Because He doesn't make junk, and He doesn't call people to nothing. He will establish you. So stop freaking out that life isn't falling into place. Stop thinking that it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to work, because He's got you. Let me tell you something. He is faithful to hold on to you. Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitytx.org. This week, we get to hear from a very special guest speaker, Aaron Blankenship, as we understand God's great faithfulness. Here's Aaron Blankenship with his message entitled, Faithfulness. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, So I'll tell you just a short story about this morning. About a week ago, I get a text from Micah, the worship leader, and he says, Hey, uh, is there any chance that maybe you might be talking about faithfulness next Sunday? I was like, well... Actually, yes, why? He said, sweet, that's exactly what our set list for worship is kind of geared towards is faithfulness. Isn't that really cool, how the Lord can orchestrate even the smallest of details, like our worship fitting together with the text that we're reading? That's cool, that's just the God that we serve. But I want to ask you this morning, you're just saying, great is thy faithfulness? You're saying, I'm standing on your faithfulness? What does that even mean? What is faithfulness? Well, just a kind of bare bones, really quick definition of faithful is remaining steadfast and true. Remaining steadfast and true. So as you're singing a moment ago, you're singing, great is your steadfastness, oh God. Great is your truth, oh God. I'm standing on your truth today that's pretty good there I think you could build a whole sermon on that right there alone that's good stuff so as we read this passage this morning I want you to think about that Uh, every time that we talk about faithful it's remaining steadfast and true so like I said we're in Hebrews chapter 10 this morning I'm gonna start us off in verse 16 let's read this uh, this morning it says this is the covenant that I will make with them After those days declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Now we're going to go quite a bit farther than that this morning in the text, but I want to stop there because there's some pretty crucial things that I want to make sure you pick up on. He says at the beginning of this in verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days declares the Lord. What is those days? What days uh, is the author referring to here? That's the days of the old law. The law of Moses when uh, you had to come to the temple or the tabernacle. And uh, is anybody else grateful you didn't have to bring a cow with you to to church this morning? I mean, I am. I'm pretty grateful that I'm not having to stand next to an altar and fill in for Pastor Chris this morning, um, taking out cows and sheep and doves. That would be rough, wouldn't it? Aren't you so grateful that Christ came and that that old law has been done away with? And now we have a new covenant. Those days refers to the old covenant under the law where sacrifice had to be made annually in order to bring forgiveness of sin. But we see here that the Lord says, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them in their minds. What what does that mean to put the laws on their hearts and write them in their minds? That's a promise of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to believers. Isn't that good? That's right. Yeah, thank you. Somebody drank some coffee this morning. That's good. I like it. No, but we have a promise here that he's going to make a covenant with us. Do you know what a covenant is? A covenant is not a contract. We get that confused and mistrewed pretty often. We think, oh, well, God has this contract drawn out of if we will do this, then he's going to do X, Y, Z. No, we see here that he says, this is the covenant that I will make with them. Let me tell you what a covenant is. That's where one party agrees to do something regardless of what the other party does. So he says, I'm going to write my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how many times they, that's us, fail or mess up or act up, or forget the truth, or forget to follow him, it doesn't matter. If he's made a covenant, he's going to continue to fulfill his side of the agreement, regardless of where we happen to fall at on that given day. That's faithfulness, folks. Remember, faithfulness is remaining steadfast and true. The Lord says, I will write my laws on their hearts. I will put my laws on their hearts, excuse me, and write them on their minds. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. It's When we accept this sacrifice that Christ made on the cross where he died on the cross, he was buried for three days, he rose again to new life, he ascended to heaven and is now seated at the throne of the Father on the right-hand side. When we believe in that, when we honestly say in our hearts that yes, Christ is king, the Holy Spirit moves in. And in that moment, the law has been written on your hearts and in your mind. That's a beautiful thing. This is the promise of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of believers. No longer are we required to go to a priest or a temple and seek the presence of God, but rather we are continually, we are always in the presence of the Savior. That's good stuff. When you're scared, when you're afraid, when you, you don't know what to do, you have decisions to make, and you don't know how to make these decisions, and life's just too much, you don't have to do it by yourself. Why? Because we're living under a new covenant where the Lord has declared, he's promised his faithfulness to us, that he would be with us always. That's good, folks. OK, we have one person in here that got coffee. The rest of you go get some and come back. This is good stuff. But we see here in verse 17, it says, then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds. When? No more. Woo wee. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. You want to talk about remaining steadfast? You want to talk about being true? The Lord says, I'm gonna make a covenant with you. It doesn't matter how many times you fail and fail and fail and fail. I'm gonna hold up my end of the bargain and I'm not gonna remember your sins anymore when you ask for forgiveness. That's good stuff, folks. I forgot to mention to you a moment ago, as we look at faithfulness this morning, we're gonna talk about how Christ is faithful in our salvation, first off. He is faithful to save us From our sin. We'll dig into that a little deeper in a second. And then we're going to look at how he is faithful to stay with us as we walk with him in our everyday life. And then we're going to look at how he is faithful in his promise to return and to take us to glory with him. That's good stuff right there. You're going to go home today and eat lunch, you go, that's good stuff right So we see in verse 17 that he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Thanks to the sacrifice of Christ, sacrifice of Christ, we no longer depend on the blood of goats and sheep to bring forgiveness for our sin. Why? Because that could never appease the wrath of the Father to begin with. But instead, because Christ has come and offered his sacrifice, he has now covered our sin once for all. One time for all. This is why his faithfulness is so crucial for our salvation. You see, if we don't trust that his faithfulness is good enough to maintain our eternal soul, how can we trust him in the other issues of life? If his trustworthiness can waver in any single area of our lives, how could we ever believe that he is able and faithful to keep the promise of our salvation? You see what I'm saying here? If we don't think you can trust him with your finances, why would you trust him with your soul? If you don't think you can trust him with your kids as they move out from home, why would you trust him with their souls for eternity? But you can trust him. We're going to look at this in a moment. You can trust him. Why? Because he is faithful. Oftentimes, we get so stuck in this concept uh, that we can trust him for our soul, but not for our finances, for our soul, but not for our kids, or for our jobs, or for our families. Look, Thanksgiving can be rough sometimes. You take a bunch of family members that don't have anything to do with each other for the majority of the year, And then it's a good idea to shove them all in a room and have them get really full. And everybody's hangry for the first two hours they're there. Thanksgiving can be rough. It's been a hard week for some of us. Let me just tell you this morning that the Lord is faithful. He's faithful for your salvation. He's faithful to maintain your family. He's faithful to maintain that you have been taken care of. I don't know why we think we can trust him with our soul, but not to clothe us better than the flowers of the field. I don't know why we think we can trust him with our soul, but not to feed us better than the birds. Look, you can trust this Savior who created the universe. Sometimes we forget this is the one who spoke and a a star was created. That's good stuff right there. He made some dirt and he breathed in it and man was created. He took a rib and formed it and woman was created. This is the God who says, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, the old law has gone. Jesus has come. We're in the new days. Declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Second Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. You ever get caught in this rut kind of of trying to make it? Like fake it till you make it type thing? I got to do this. I got to grin and bear it. I got to make it work because I have to establish my family. I have to establish myself. I have to make something of myself. Well, I'm sorry to bust your bubble, but according to 2 Thessalonians 3.3, that's not your job. The Lord says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard your hearts against the evil one. You feel like your life is meaningless? There's no hope in it? Let me remind you this morning, church family, that he is faithful to establish you with purpose. Because he doesn't make junk and he doesn't call people to nothing. And if you're here this morning, the Lord has called you into his presence. He is drawing you in at this moment. He will establish you. So stop freaking out that life isn't falling into place. Stop thinking that it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to work. Because he's got you. Let me tell you something. He is faithful to hold on to you. It says that he will guard your heart Not only is he guarding you from temptation, but you have to realize that also in our salvation, Christ is guarding us from himself. You say, Aaron, that doesn't even make sense. Well, yeah. We serve a very jealous God. You know that? He's so jealous that if you look at the Old Testament, he wiped out entire people groups so that he could take care of his chosen people so they would worship and glorify him. You say, Aaron, that's that's not a good thing. That's good stuff. Because that means he's willing to literally move heaven and earth to make sure that you are taken care of so you can fulfill your purpose of glorifying him. You see, our God's not just faithful to me and what I want and what I desire. Our God is faithful to him and his own will. And that is good stuff. Because that means it doesn't matter how bad you mess up, how many times you mess up, how good of a person you are, how bad of a person you are, how great the church is, how bad the church is, his will and purpose will still be fulfilled. Why? Because he is faithful. That's good stuff. In Deuteronomy 7, we are told of how faithful He is, that even in our unfaithfulness, He remains faithful. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, the impact to those around us uh, who may be non-believers, it doesn't matter. What What we must remember is that for Him to be faithful means that He must remain steadfast and true in every situation and in every moment. Aren't you so glad that our God remains steadfast in the midst of chaos? Who I am? Look, this week, we had kind of a chaotic week. On Wednesday, my wife took my seven-month-old little girl to the doctor for a follow-up appointment, and she was breathing way too fast and had some stuff going on, and come to find out she had RSV. So they put her in the hospital. So all of our Thanksgiving plans just, whoop, out the window, gone. And let me tell you, the hospital is a wonderful thing, but their Thanksgiving food is not that great. Whoever did their turkey, spot on. The rest of it, maybe better next time. But you see, we lived this whole week in chaos and in fear, honestly, of is our little girl going to be okay? I'm just telling you, it's terrifying when your seven-month-old is laying on the table and struggling to breathe, and you can do nothing. But do you know how wonderful it was for me knowing that I had to stand here this morning and try and convince you that we serve a faithful savior that does what is best for his will no matter the circumstances? As I'm standing there watching my seven-month-old not be able to breathe, I was reminded, Aaron, it's, it's gonna be okay. And let me tell you this morning, my wife and seven-month-old are sitting at the house watching this service on, online because she's doing great. Because we serve a faithful savior. How do we know that he is faithful for our salvation? Because he's willing to move heaven, that's sending Jesus down to die in your place and in my place. And earth, that's taking care of every chaotic situation without us having to freak out, knowing that he's going to establish us. If he can take care of the little things, church, He's faithful with your salvation. You say, okay, Aaron, that's great. It's wonderful. He's also faithful in your walk. That's everyday living, the ins and the outs, the nitty-gritty. When stuff gets rough and tough and not very fun, he is faithful. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 18 through 23. This is what it says. Where there is forgiveness of these, what is these? That's our sin. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Why? Because Christ died once for all. Excuse me. Verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus and by new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the uh, the confession of our hope on how to stir one another up in love and good works. You see, he proves faithful in our walk by welcoming us into the presence of the Father with confidence. We saw a moment ago that he's good for our salvation. He's also good for your everyday issues because he allows you to come to him and bring those problems to him, not in fear and trembling, not in chaos, not in a hope of maybe something will work, but in confidence. I don't think we get this sometimes. This is the one who breathes and pfft, a star is created. This is the one who took a regular man and split the ocean, a big lake, whatever you want to call it, and let them walk on dry soil. This is the one who took someone who was dead, spoke to them. They woke up and walked out of their tomb, Lazarus. This is the one who called a prophet to go and speak the gospel. And he said, Nah. uh And ran the opposite direction as far as he could go. And what happened? The Lord said, okay, you're going to run. My will's still going to be fulfilled. Be eaten by a fish. You know how that story ends? He proclaims what God told him to proclaim. And they repented. Now, later on, they sinned again. But in the moment, the Lord's will was fulfilled. That's the same God that says, I want you to come with confidence to me in my presence. I want you to bring your chaos, the worst of the worst that you got. You bring it to me, and I'm going to take care of it. That's what he says in verse 22 when he says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. That means when you come to the Lord and you say, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm di- I am I don't got anything else to give. That's when he says, that's okay. I do. Lord, how do I know that you have it? Remember that new covenant that I made with you? Remember when I said I would write my law on your heart and I would write it on your minds? The reason he does that is so that we would have example after example after example of him fulfilling what he said he would do in steadfast love and with truth. Look, church, this morning, we serve a faithful Savior. He's not only faithful for your salvation. He's faithful in your everyday walk, the nitty-gritty, the good, the bad, the ugly. He's there. One of my favorite passages in all of scripture is when Moses is approaching the burning bush and the Lord speaks to him and says, hold up, buddy, Uh, kick him sandals off. Can you imagine you're walking up to this bush that's burning? You realize you're fully aware this is God. And the first thing he's going to say is take your shoes off. You're like, really? Of all the things you could have told me, Lord, of all of these things, You're worried about my shoes. Yeah. That's because this is the creator of the universe, and he wanted to make sure that when we read that text, we knew that we could approach him with boldness and confidence, but we also need to remember who he is. He is God and God alone. But he calls you to meet with him. That is faithfulness. We see that he is faithful in our salvation. We see that he is faithful in our walk. We see that he is a great priest over the house of God. No longer do we have to go to a temple or a tabernacle and hope that this priest that's there has uh, asked forgiveness of his own sins in the proper way and that he takes care of these animals in the proper way and that he does everything just right so maybe, just maybe, we'll have forgiveness for the sins of our last year but instead under the new covenant because he is faithful now we have a high priest who is seated next to the father who speaks on your behalf and mine you want to know how faithful and steadfast and true he is to you in his mercy It's that when God the Father looks down at our sinful nature, He doesn't see that anymore. He sees the blood of His Son who's seated next to Him. And the Son says, That's good stuff right there. Church, that's good stuff. We serve a faithful Savior. But you see, He doesn't just save us from our sins. He doesn't just save you from being a bad person. He doesn't just save you so that you can be a little bit better. He saves you so that you can glorify Him and honor Him. He saved you from His own wrath. That is good stuff. And He's faithful to maintain that and to hold you. So we see that He's faithful in our salvation because he died for us, he gave us a new covenant where we are now indwelt with the Holy Spirit. We see that he's faithful in our walk because daily he allows us to approach him with confidence. You can go to the creator of the universe and be excited about it and say, that is the God of the world and he's going to listen to me. But did you know he's also faithful to come back? He's not going to leave us here. Now, it might be after our lifetime. It might be tomorrow. We don't know. Nobody has a clue. I'm praying, Lord Jesus, come. Hurry up. Winter time's coming, and I'm tired of being cold. I'd like to be in heaven for a little while. Folks, he's faithful to return. We are, we are reminded to trust in him because we have seen his faithfulness come through time and time again. Look at Hebrews 10, 24. 10, 24. This is what it says. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? Faithful. Let us hold fast our confession without wavering. What does it mean to hold fast your confession? Well, first, got to know what your confession is. That we see in Romans when he says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. Here, the author of Hebrews is telling us, if you will hold fast to that confession, that Christ is who Christ says that he is, and walk without wavering don't lose that verse 24 I totally read you the wrong verse a minute ago but it's all right verse 24 let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works what does it mean to, to stir up one another to good works you could keep reading in that verse and this, this is what it says let us consider to stir up one another and Uh, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, don't worry. wipe the sweat off your brow. It's okay. I'm not going to beat you up if this is your first time coming to church in a long time. We're not looking at the part of this verse this morning that says don't neglect to gather together. Don't worry about that this morning. You're here today. That's great. I'm glad you're here. Here's what I want to talk about. Let us consider how to stir one another up in hope and love and good works. Aaron, I I just don't know. You don't understand. My life has been utter chaos. This year has been the worst that I've ever had. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, Aaron, it's been a great year. My family's doing great. My job's doing great. Everything's wonderful. My house is in order. This is, this is it, man. This has been my year. That's wonderful. How do we know for a fact that Jesus is faithful to return, whether we're living in the depths of depravity or if we're living on the mountaintop this morning? It's by considering how to stir one another up in love and good works. How do we remind ourselves that Jesus is faithful for our salvation, that he is faithful for our walk, that he is faithful to come back and take us to glory? It's not just by looking at his faithfulness in our own life, but at those around us. Why do we come to church? You can read your Bible at home. Come to church, keep coming. But why do we come to church? It's so we can be stirred up. This is so you can be reminded that the star-breathing creator of the universe is calling to you to draw near to him because his faithfulness is true and steadfast and good. You want to be reminded that he's coming again? Be surrounded by people that know he's coming again. Because when life gets too much, for you to handle, they're the ones that can pull you back to the cross and say, there it is right there. There's the hope that you need. There's the faithfulness that you've forgotten about. Let's pursue Jesus together and then go do some good works to be reminded of why he loves us the way he does. That's how we know he's returning. Because we look at everything he's done in the past. He created man in his image for a purpose. Church, he loves you more than any else. He sent his son to die in your place and in my place. Sometimes we think that this world that we live in is a living hell and it's as bad as it gets. Can I just remind you this morning that Jesus didn't come to die to save you from this life? He came to die to save you from an eternity in hell. If you think this life is rough and bad, how bad is it going to be without him after this? He's calling to you this morning in faithfulness because he's going to keep calling until you answer to come and draw near to his presence. You say, Aaron, I'm already a believer. That's great. But when's the last time you just went and sat down in the presence of the Lord for a while? and said, God, here I am, all of me, the broken pieces, the whole pieces, all of it, here I am. I just need to be reminded that you're faithful. I need your spirit to come and move in me and remind me of the laws that you've put on my heart and written on my mind and that you don't remember my sin. Because today, Lord, I need some hope. Let me tell you, church, hope is here. Hope is here. And this savior creator of the universe who offers it is faithful and he is trustworthy and he is true and he is steadfast. Whether you're in need of salvation, he's here beckoning, calling for you to come to him. Whether you're just in the everyday nitty gritty walk of life, he's saying, come sit in my presence. I'll fill you back up whether you're thinking, Lord, you're never going to take me out of this circumstance. Let me remind you, he's coming again. These problems you have today, they're not going to last forever. One day you're going to be standing in glory, looking at the throne with Jesus on the right hand side, and you're going to say, that's my savior. And that's good stuff right there. You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast. If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at trinitytx.org. That's trinitytx.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info at If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you. We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to trinitytx.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.